Well, I'm back down here on the southern border with Joe, and we have an update for you guys. And so, Joe, go ahead and share what is new, what, what's been going on. It's good to see you again, Travis. I always appreciate your visits. And I'd like to also thank those who are praying for uh, you on this visit, who have been praying for the mission over the months. Uh, we really do appreciate those prayers and others who have supported us in other ways. We do thank you so much for that. It's always very encouraging. I think the biggest thing that has happened in the past few months is uh, the change in what we're doing now. The president of the colonia, each each colonia is colony uh, in English. It's like a community, has its own president that is elected by that community. And uh, the president about three months ago informed us that we could no longer have the building. They were needing it for a government program for the community, at least we were told. And so we had to make other plans. We didn't find another building. We began to pray about it. You know, we thought about using the plaza outside. That was a place where, uh, that's a place where people um, speak at the end of the day, in in, in, in the cool of the day. They, they get together and they talk about their day and stuff like that, sort of a tradition in Mexico. And uh, we were told we couldn't use the plaza either. We, we, we didn't know what was going on. It, it didn't seem right to us because we know that the Roman Catholic Church across the street use that plaza and that park for two weeks a year when they have their festival to St. Jude. And so we felt that there was a little bit of injustice there but this is very typical in Mexico and in southern Mexico it's a lot worse the persecution that comes from Catholics down there against Christians so uh, these these things are sort of part of the course in, in this ministry but we prayed we prayed about it we didn't find a place and so the Lord put a passage on my heart. I'm just going to read that. It's a very short passage. Well, let me let me just clarify first. So, so this place, this place that you're talking about is is where the church has been gathering uh, for services for for those that aren't up to speed uh, regarding Joe and the work that's taking place down here. Go ahead and just give some details because I know there's going to be a lot of new new people joining in. Share a nutshell real quick of that building and where you've been meeting and the significance of it. Yeah, well, as you know, Travis, we work with a rather rough element here in Mexico. Uh, those who are involved in drugs and uh, alcohol and stuff like that. We were given a community center by the president there to use for a set period of time. Uh, this is where we could meet and we could have services. We had used another building prior to that, but we had lost that one too. And so we were meeting outside for a while. And we were told that we could use this building. It was a community center. It's used for other things. They have sort of like self-defense classes there, other things for the community. But they allowed us to use it on Sunday and Wednesday, which we were very, very grateful for and still are. Still are very thankful for the time that we could have there. Um, does that answer your question? It, it does, yeah. And I just kind of want to highlight that because one of the things I realized when this permission was first given and it was kind of in the back of my mind, and I know it was for you as well, Joe, that as as the mission became more effective, I, I believed as the mission became more effective, that would be one of the first places that would be attacked. We've been doing a lot of evangelism. There's been a lot of events going on within the community. 
from my perspective, it, it very much seems to me in which the gospel was beginning to hit some areas in which the enemy decided to, to move against. Yeah, very much so. You've really got to expect those kind of things. You don't know how these attacks are going to come. But um, one of the consolations that when we are attacked in these areas for preaching the gospel, the, the Lord has allowed it to happen and he can um, bring the good out of it too. And I believe he has in this situation. Yeah, so you said there's good that has come out of it. Share with us what that is. Yeah, well, we 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 were in prayer, you know, wondering what the next step would be. And I believe that the Lord uh, laid these uh, verses on my heart from First Chronicles 11, 12 through 14. It's about one of David's warriors. He had three great warriors, who were the greatest uh, of all his warriors, three mighty men. And the second of those was a man called Eleazar. And it says in First Chronicles 11, verses 12 through 14, after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Alhite, who was one of the three mighty men. He was with David at Pastamim. Now there the Philistines were gathered for battle, and there was a piece of ground full of barley. So the people fled from the Philistines, but they stationed themselves in the middle of that field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Here in this particular passage, when the Israelites had fled in the face of the opposition, which is the Philistines, here Eleazar held his ground. It said that they, him, him and his men, stationed themselves in the middle of that field and defended it. And because of that, the Lord brought about great victory. And I believe that the Lord was telling us at that time that we need to hold our ground, hold our ground. Now, years ago, when we first started ministry in Brownsville, Texas, we, we began with children. We began with children. We had no building back then either. We had no building back then. But we went out into trailer parks, uh, into apartments. Uh, I laid a mat on the ground or something like that. And we had the children sit down and we just preached the gospel to them, you know. And uh, this is a part of our vision, if you're not aware about what we're doing, about being a lighthouse, being a lighthouse, God's light to go out. You know, there are many ships that are in danger. There are many souls that are in danger. And we need to, uh, to, to be warning them of the danger that's ahead, give them the good news, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we really felt that the Lord was, was calling us to go out and to hold that ground and to keep doing what we were doing. We didn't need a building to be able to present the gospel and uh, the strange thing is, you know, after we found a couple of places where we could meet, one is outside of a house in a sort of another plaza area between two rows of houses. And the other one is around the back of some apart apartments. A few more people started coming to hear the gospel, people we might not have reached if we remained in the community centers. So the Lord brought about the good in all of this. It's about, about a three-year period now you, you've been ministering to this particular colonia, yeah, about three if I'm years, not mistaken. Yeah. And then this is as well the location of the Punto. And so as far as, as, far, as, far as the overall effort, I guess there's another barley field in which, in which mm -hmm. you're now positioned. Mm -hmm. The word is still going to those, those men and different clients and stuff that come to, to that Punto, as well as some new families mm -hmm. coming out 
to the service that is now done outside in the open air. Uh, but there is some bad news in which one of the workers that have been with you has has decided to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- share a little bit about that, Joe. Yeah, we, we've taken a, a few 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 blows. You know, I mean, th- this is a battleground. I, I think that that particular person got a little bit disheartened with what was going on. You know, we'd lost the building. Uh, we'd been called to go out. This was in his neighborhood. He chose after some time to step down. It was something he'd been considering even before that point, but he chose to step down. He was uh, he had been very helpful uh, throughout the uh, the the years that he worked with me. He'd been working with me for about three years altogether. So you know, we're thankful for the service that he did, but it, it sort of uh, left left us short because now we only have one of the family with my family that works with us. We have two winter Texans that come, you know, during the winter and help. Um, that's only six months a year, but right now that's what we have. So it sort of left us short. It was a difficult thing. And if this is the direction that the Lord has called us, then we need to go forward. And if some people do, uh, this is probably a strong word, but I'm going with this passage, flee. You know, we still have to hold that ground, even though we're few. You know, we still have to hold that ground. I have the impression in this passage that, that Eleazar and his men were not many. Were not many, but, but they were doing what was right, you know, as God had called them to. So that's what, that's what we're doing. We're just going to hold the ground yeah, so be in prayer um, for this continued work. Don't be discouraged, Joe. You're seasoned in this kind of work, but I, we both know as well, even in, in being seasoned, we, we face discouragement on our, on our bad days. Yeah, we do. Uh, we can look at circumstances and, and uh, well, then we wrestle with them. But yeah, be in prayer. Be in prayer for, for the help, for all the provisions that are needed for this kind of work. Uh, is there anything else you need to share, Joe? Well, I particularly like this this character in this story in, in Chronicles of, of Eleazar because at first, when you think about it, you think, well, he was a, he was a great and he was a, as a, one of David's greatest warriors, you know. But his name means that God will help. You know, he needed the help of the Lord. You know, and in the other passage in in Second Samuel seven, it said that he grew weary. You know, with the sword that was in his hand, the sword stuck to his hand, but he did grow weary. So this man was human. You know, like we are. You know, and uh, and and that's thing. One thing that we need to remember in circumstances like this is is that we stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. We stand still. We have to stand our ground. But the Lord is our help. The Lord is our help. And so we're, we're looking to the Lord even more than I think we were doing before. We're looking to the Lord uh, even more than before. And we're believing that he's going to help us in this situation. We're, we're short on workers. You know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate with that in different churches. Uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. But... You know, we believe that the Lord's going to help us in this. We're not seeing it. We, 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 we've uh, lost some other people because of this. Some come and go. Um, the conditions uh, this summer have have been uh, a bit more difficult. Not only do we face a lot of things that are already going on in Mexico, but uh, as you know, it's hot on the border. It's hot on the border this time of year, but it's been particularly hot. We've had a heat wave nearly all summer. 
So it's been at about uh, tops 100 degrees every day, plus plus uh, you have the humidity, which makes it feel like 109 to about 112. So you, you're battling with the heat, too. We're outside and we're in the heat. So that does make a difference. It drains you. It drains you. I mean, you can, you can go out there with a, with a great attitude. But but it, it it will it will take the life out of you, you know, take the life out of you. So so uh, those those are some other things we need to remember. But once again, it's in the strength of the Lord that we we can do these these things, you know, uh, that we can stand. Today I was just reading about um, Hezekiah uh, when they were under siege, siege. Remember, and the city was being threatened. If you remember. The, the Assyrian king had sent Rabshakeh, who had threatened them and, and had basically said, you know, do, do you really believe that God's going to deliver you? You know, don't listen to Hezekiah. Do you really believe that God is going to deliver? You know, we've had a lot of disappointments we've had to face. You know, there was not just uh, the, the man who, who, who quit, but um, a few people who have been like in rehabilitation centers where we've put them. They've come out, they've gone back to drugs or to drinking. It seems like at the Puntos where we've been witnessing that there are a few changes in people, you know, and sometimes the devil likes to whisper in your ear. You feel like you're under siege, don't you? You know, like Hezekiah likes to whisper in your ear, do you really believe that God's going to deliver you? Your God's going to deliver you. You know, the, the, the other gods, as Rab Shaka said, couldn't deliver the people that we conquered before. But do you believe that your God can deliver that's a question that's come to me, you know, so many times. You know, the devil said, do you really believe that God can deliver these people? Maybe he delivered you, but, you know, for some of these people, there's no hope. There's no hope. But we can't buy in to that lie. We can't buy into that lie. There's still deliverance from the Lord. There's still deliverance. The one who the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus Christ can deliver us from every single captivity, you know, in our lives. So we're still believing that. We're going to keep believing that as we go out and hold the ground, we need to be believing. Absolutely. We'll be praying for strength and for your eyes to be fixed on Christ. I guess one more question to close here, Joe. Regarding the southern border, many cities throughout the United States, many towns are, are beginning to get a little bit of a taste of of the overloading of illegals coming into the United States, the well, the the trafficking that's taking place, and with the mass inflow of people coming in, uh, a lot have a lot of questions about the southern border because they just simply don't know. They're not down here. They don't see the people. They don't understand uh, a lot of of what's entailed with trafficking and and these kinds of things. And share maybe some updates or or things that you've been seeing recently uh, in regards to the border down here. We have to be guarded with our words. So I have to be careful with what I say here. You know, there's one thing, though, on that subject of the border. Um, I think it's important to note here, you know, and going back to this passage again, we know that this battle took place in a place called Pastamin. Pastamin. That's where Eleazar and his men were given victory by the Lord. And there is victory, if you believe that, deliverance. But that particular word means border of blood, border of blood. And I can go so far as to say this, is that is that the U.S. border with Mexico is a border of blood. It is a very dangerous border. 
the top most violent cities in the world, the top six most violent cities in the world, five out of those are in Mexico, and three of those are either on or very close to the border. One of them is just to the south of us. You know, this is where, you know, by violence, I mean crime. You know, so this is the most crime-ridden area on the planet. Think about that. And it's, 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 it's knocking on the door of the United States. You know, I know that we have crime problems of our own, but this is a, 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 a bloody border, right? It's, 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 it's a huge problem. You know, I can go so far as to say that, you know, it's what we're facing. This is our, our battleground, trying to win people for Christ. The good news is, is that the gospel is going out. You know, you and I are going to the rehab tomorrow night. And it's just wonderful. I mean, these are the same kind of characters that we see at the Punto. In fact, one of them that came by the Punto uh, last week, I was just witnessing to him one day at the, 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 the Punto. And then two days later, I, I went to the rehab and I heard somebody calling my name. And he said, Pastor Joe, Pastor Joe. And it was a guy that was at the Punto. He'd been beaten rather badly. But he, he was at the rehab, and it's wonderful to see what's happening at the rehab. I truly believe that souls are being won for Christ. I see so much excitement there for the preaching of the gospel that I, I don't see even in some churches, I have to admit. Yeah, the worship, the worship in these walls of the rehab center is, is humbling to hear and, yeah, and, even, and see. Even, even with, um, I, I got some old hymn books. Uh, the other day, I took a stack of them into the uh, rehab center. I thought, I'm going to teach these guys some of the hymns. You know, and I think a lot of people think, well, you know, they're a bit too, you know, old for these for these people. But they love them. They love them. We, we, we've learned a couple of them already, and, and they love them. They're learning the words for them. And there was, uh, in particular, one week where we hadn't even preached yet. There's a man that goes with me to the center. His name is Pastor Ishmael. We hadn't even preached yet. And we'd sung a couple of hymns. And the Lord was working through the hymns. The Lord was just moving. The Spirit of the Lord was moving. There was even one lady. She, she had left the center. She had failed. She had come back. And she was just uh, uh, kneeling down by her chair. You know, there, wasn't, there was no altar call. There was nothing like that. But the Lord was already working through the hymns. You know, some of those are just packed with a message. You know, some of them are a sermon, a sermon in, in themselves. And the Lord was really speaking through the hymns, and several others were, were being moved upon, and, and, and she was making confessions of her own. And, and so, you know, just praise God. And praise God for what, what he's doing in that place. You know, we're not doing anything new on, on, on a new technique for, for, for winning souls to Christ. We're just, we're just confronting them with the gospel. Of Jesus Christ, that's it, and we believe that that God is is changing lives in that place. Stand firm, Joe. Is we we know the realities of this world, and we know the corruption, and we know the fallen nature. What we need to fix our eyes on is Jesus Christ, and as well as rejoice in the work that is going forth among the servants of Christ. And so, Joe, stand firm on the ground. We'll be supporting you in in prayer and, and other ways. Know that you're you're loved and prayed over. Thanks again.